the words Paul uses to ask for prayer. They're not just like, it's prayer request time. I have a prayer request. I'm going to like <laughs> say it, but it, I'm hesitant because it's too small or I shouldn't be asking. Right. No, he's mm-hmm. like, I appeal to you. They're bold terms. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not just asking you. In a sense, I'm telling you, you're praying for me and this is how you're going to pray for me. Yep. And I'm yep. just like, prayer should be approached with that bold, hey, I need prayer. And mm-hmm. we're praying to the God who can do this. Thanks for listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life podcast about what life is like following Jesus. My name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. My name's Robbie in Family Life's performing arts department. My name's Becky in Family Life's development department. And we are almost at the end of the Book of Romans, which is really hard to believe. There's literally one chapter after this one. We're in chapter 15 right now. It's a pretty long chapter goes a couple different directions, but we're excited to start it off with you today. Uh, Robbie, want to start us? Who did I say was starting us off? Me, yeah. I did? Okay, great, perfect. I'm I'm so glad that I wasn't wrong right to start things off. Would have been the wrong way. do 1 to 13, and mine's from the New Living here. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praise to your name. And in another place, it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, The heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, 
I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience, by word and deed, by power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain." and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings." When, therefore, I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but one thing that struck me and that I had a little bit of difficulty was is this particular chapter seems to be in so many different places at once. Uh-huh. But then in verse 22, Paul starts talking about his plans and why he hasn't gone to Rome and when he's going to plan to go to Rome and what he's doing. And it hit me that this is a letter. Hmm. And I so often forget that the scriptures are letters that were sent out to churches or to individuals. And yes, they're there for us to glean and to learn from. But that kind of helps at least me get a grasp around why he's a little bit here and then a little bit there. It's all good. But I'm like, oh, this is a letter. And this was how the main form of communication in their day when they couldn't physically be with somebody was to send them a nice long letter with all the information that they need to tell them because they haven't seen them in months. (laughs) And even there in 23 and 24, he's talking about this journey and he's like, oh, and you can provide for my journey. (laughs) It's just so interesting Mm -hmm. that he's just like, oh, yes, and I need help and you can help me. And there can be kind of some weirdness in our circles of like, oh, asking for money is weird and this and that. Obviously, you have to be careful with those things. But um, it it just kind of struck me. And I remember last year we're working on putting together a festival for the church. And one of the members said, oh, I, I can't really be at a lot of these things and help, but I can give financially and let me let me do that for you and so this year i was like i should go back to this person and say hey you said this last year does that and he's like oh yeah you know just let Mm. me know how much you need and so it's just this idea of Mm. yes sometimes it's okay to be like hey we have a need can can you provide for it that was cool yeah yeah and it shows how real it mm. is. Like the fact that it's a letter, the fact that he's got to ask for, like basically he's doing fundraising. Need some gas money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he really is. And he's also like 
probably like giving them warnings so they know who's going to put Paul up when he gets here. Right. Yeah. It, like we'll see more of this in the next chapter. But like this is a really it's it's a real guy making real travels mm-hmm. with real needs. Actually yeah. needs funds for for financing this ministry journey mm-hmm. that he's doing. It's like wow, that's amazing. Yeah. These are real people. Yeah. God mm-hmm. using real people all along. And I, I, even though we're hanging out at the end of the chapter here, I did want to say another thing, a point that came up earlier while we were talking about this. He's a real guy. He has a prayer request. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, And right right there at the end, you know, verses 30 to 33, you know, and he's saying, um, I urge you in the name of Jesus uh, to pray for me and do this because of the <laughs> do this because of your love for me uh, given to you by the Holy Spirit, which is interesting. Pray that I will be, you know, and he asks for all these things. And it just struck me too the fact that, you know, you think of Paul and it's like, oh, but he was so close to the time of Jesus being on earth. And he had that crazy cool moment where like he was blinded and heard Jesus be like, why are you persecuting me? And so I sometimes think like, oh, those people didn't really need to pray because they were so cl- they were so closely associated right. with God and Jesus that like, you know, prayer is for us these days where we have to be like, oh, Lord, you're so far away and we just want you to come near. But yet here you have him saying, pray and, it, and, and, I, and I need that and please do that. And it takes work to pray and effort, but please do it. And oh, wow, well, if it's good enough for him to need prayer and to be praying, then prayer is just as important now as then. And I think you touched on it a little bit, Robbie, too, with some of the words you used, but the words Paul uses to ask for prayer. Mm. I appeal to you Mm -hmm. and strive together. Mm. They're not just like, oh, uh, it's prayer request time. I have a prayer request. I'm going to like say it, but it, I'm hesitant because it's too small or I shouldn't be asking. Right. No, he's like, mm-hmm. I appeal to you and strive. Mm-hmm. They're bold terms. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not just asking you. In a sense, I'm telling you, you're praying for me and this is how you're going to pray for me. <laughs> yep. And I'm yep. just like, oh, wait, prayer should be approached with that bold and prayer requests with that bold, hey, I need prayer. And mm-hmm. we're praying to the God who can do this and can give us what we need. Let's do it boldly. And I'm just like, wow, Paul didn't just ask for prayer. He's like, nope, you're going to pray for me. (laughs) Yeah, and he's talking about having a joyful heart and we'll be an encouragement to each other. Like, look at all those little, you know, Mm -hmm. phrases that are in there. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the Christian life. Like, he's doing the same thing we're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's an apostle. We're not apostles. That's different. We'll grant that. But Mm -hmm. basically, you look at the rest of this. It's like, this this is the same thing we're a part of. Asking each other for prayer, leaning on the Holy Spirit for the ability to do what we've got to do in the Christian life every single day. Paul might seem like a hero, and in a lot of ways he is, but at the same time, he's a believer, just mm-hmm. like us. This isn't you. This isn't somebody you can look at and say, oh, that didn't apply to him because he, nope, he was a man empowered by the Holy Spirit, just like all of us are men and women empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what's called of us as Christians, which I think is going to bring us back around to the beginning of the chapter mm. where Paul, like he so often does, starts in the middle of a thought. Mm. Okay, so we know that the chapter breaks and these books are put in later by people. They weren't originally inspired chapter breaks by God. So that's why sometimes you get cut off in the middle of a thought. Mm-hmm. The beginning of chapter 15, it's wrapping up chapter 14, mm-hmm. but does a really good job of summarizing it. It's all about, I think we could say, It's all about how we live together in unity Mm. as Christians. 
He's writing to this church that has a division going on down the middle of it, Jew believers, Gentile believers. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, be like Jesus, who didn't think about what he could get out of it, didn't think about what was in it for him. He was always thinking about the other person. For Christ, as he said, did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. The obligations of the strong are to bear, to bear with the failings of the weak, he also says. It's not up to you to say, hey, get along with the program, be more like me. No, it's all of our responsibility to live alongside each other. I just love that way he kind of summarizes the Christian life in the beginning because, yeah, that's really what we're doing together. And it's only, it's only the power of the Holy Spirit that makes us able to do that whole thing. A lot of this is going to sound like a missionary letter, like almost like a newsletter, mm. kind of updating his mm. people on where he's going and uh, what what his mission is. But there are a couple things he says along the way that I think are really encouraging for all of us, whether you've got evangelism on the mind as like your vocation or not. There's some really encouraging things like, Robbie, your version put it one way, but mine in chapter thirteen or in verse thirteen says, right, right. "May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope." I mm -hmm. think that verse mm -hmm. just right there. Yeah, there's a lot there. That's really powerful. And I think that's one to cling to when you are feeling afraid, anxious. I'm not sure. I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't, you know, like that's actually a verse that I've run to a lot. Like, okay, well, I can, I can pray, you know, God, he, he is the source of, of hope and he can provide joy and he can provide uh, peace when I trust in him. You know, it's like, there's that little piece of, okay, I have to, all right, I give it to you. I trust that you know what is best, and then that's where your peace is going to come from. How does yours, can you read yours from the New Living again, yeah, Robbie? Because so mine's the, the ESV, but I, I really like how yours put that in the New Living translation. Yeah, and I hadn't read it in this translation. I was more familiar with some of those. So this says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Mm -hmm. Then you will overflow with I love that. Overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love how your translation puts it. And I kind of wished as you started reading, I was like, man, I wish I would have read it in that translation before mm. we started just because it gives such a different, the same meaning, but a different perspective. And I love that confident hope. And it's like, yeah, yeah I can have a confident hope mm. because it comes from God and because it's the, the truth and the source of our salvation. And I mean, yeah, we just finished reading about the the big thing they're going through of the Jews versus the Gentiles, but I feel like we can apply that to whatever big or small thing we're facing. It's not just, oh, well, the Jews and Gentiles kind of isn't a thing anymore. Well, there's plenty of other things that the body of believers disagree on and or cause worry or you don't know what to do. And it's like, but the God of hope and we can have a confident hope and just mm -hmm. that that reassurance of that whole verse, really. Confident hope. I want to go off of that phrase there that mm -hmm. you're 
version had because that idea of confidence mm. in something, I think that kind of plays into another interesting word that Paul uses later for a believer. Anyways, it's interesting to talk about boasting, mm-hmm. boasting. What, what do we boast about? I thought we were supposed to be humble or proud or pride. What, I thought we weren't supposed to have pride, but Paul uses those phrases in some interesting ways here. Right. Yeah. And here uh, I have, I do not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. Um, And here, I think specifically he's talking about bringing the Gentiles to God. You know, I think I'm sometimes someone who can wrestle a little bit in the pride area of look what I've done. (laughs) I'm incredible. I'm amazing. And I have to step back and realize, okay, whatever it is that I have done, could I have done it if I didn't even have a literal voice to say the things I said or a body to move around and do the thing or the health that I needed to stand up and do the things like the very bare bone basic things that you're like, look what I did. None of it really comes even he, you, you didn't give yourself your abilities or giftings or spiritual gifts or talents or whatever they were given through Christ and therefore, oh, I can boast at what he's done through me. Yeah. That's interesting because I fall on the opposite end of the spectrum Mm. where it's like I'm (laughs) probably not going to be like, oh, look what I've done or, oh, this is great or, oh, I'm boasting on myself or boasting at all for that matter because it's just I fall on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm like, nope, I want to be behind the scenes and I don't (laughs) want any of that. You guys take all of that and we'll get it done. And yeah, I'm okay behind the scenes. But no, here it's like, you can boast in Christ and what he's done and what he's given you. And it's like, oh, that means I need to look back at it and be like, wait, if I'm not recognizing, I'll use not recognizing instead of boast because boast just makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, If I'm not recognizing what Christ has given me and the talents and the gifts even if it is working behind the scenes, that's great because if you don't have someone behind the scenes, you're not going to have somebody up front. Don't we know it? But if I'm not <laughs> recognizing the gifts and talents that Christ has given me, then I feel like there's I'm almost in denial and there's that problem there too. It's like, oh, no, I need to acknowledge this is how God's made me and the talents he's given me, and it's okay to boast in those. Hmm. And so it's interesting how one verse can say the same thing but apply completely different to two different Mm -hmm. personalities of like, oh, no, I need to actually work on boasting in Christ instead of turning everybody away and not boasting at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, isn't that interesting how it can bring confidence to someone who Mm -hmm. is usually going to slink into the background and it can bring humility to somebody who might be m- more prone to getting out in the front. Neither of those are bad things to do, to be in the background or to be up front, but both might have their temptations. The one tempted to be too down on oneself, the other tempted to think too much of oneself. And isn't that great? What the word does, what God does through the word, lifts the one up and helps the other Come back down to where they, they, they belong. I really like that. <laughs> and what, what departments do we have here? The performing arts <laughs> department, who's literally on stage, and your department, which is... Development department, which is literally <laughs> behind the scenes. So there you go. Everybody has giftings wow. for their own <laughs> special yeah. spot. But I love that. That is the thing. That's the body of Christ. And that's the, it's the difference being brought together. It is 
the body of Christ. That phrase is so applicable. It's a body. There's different parts. It's one unit. It's a family. There's different members. It's one unit. It's a, it's a community. And we see that, especially as he's wrapping up this chapter, because he really leans on these people. Like these are, these are Paul's people. They're, they, they are the community he leans on in the end. And you can just kind of see how much he is aware of that need for all of us as believers to, to be in church community, I think. And I love that you brought in the word community because community is so vital and so important. And I just got thinking too, I would love to see some of the letters that Paul received from this church because mm. I got thinking about it. I'm like, letters aren't meant to be one way. So, and he's obviously heard from them because throughout the chapter he says that he's satisfied about them and that what he's hearing about what they've learned and where they're how they're growing. So it's like, okay, there's this two-way communication here. So I'm sure in the letters it he had that sense of community, but he's also pointing out too that when he gets to be with them, what he's looking for, he's looking for encouragement. He's looking for help, whether that's financial or food or rest, and he's looking for refreshment. And it's just like Wow, the community is so much of God is so much bigger than just the people that we're sitting in the same room with or going to the same church with. Uh, we can communicate to people with people in so many different ways. Here, Paul used letters, so I'm just I'm curious, like what the letters that he received back contained. And I've never even thought about that. How that yeah. all played out. So that's one long text message right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's an email. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, oh, he replied all again. Oh, no. No, 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 they didn't have that problem. But like it does make you think when you put it that way, Becky, as I'm hearing you say all those things, I'm just thinking about what what's one way to apply what we come away with in this chapter? There's so many and we've talked about a lot of them already, like the humility and of of, of needing to uh, ask for prayer and, and other things and the the confidence that we can have if we're maybe tempted to be too much uh, down on ourselves in other senses. There's so many ways we can take what we're getting out of this chapter, but just one super practical one I'm thinking of right now is looking at your own church. Is there a sending missionary that your mm -hmm. church has? A lot of churches do a ministry program or somebody they sponsor. Do they have a newsletter? Is it maybe not the most exciting email you get? I don't know, but could you sign up for mm. like just that simple thing? Just read the newsletters that your church's sending ministry partners have. And maybe your church doesn't have that. Maybe you're listening here and then thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe your church doesn't have those things. But most churches do. And most ministry partners that churches support will send out letters to anybody who will read them. And they probably are just thinking, boy, this is really exciting. This is what God is doing out here. But who back home is, is mm. reading these things? What an encouragement that would be to read that and to know how you can pray for somebody who is out there on the front lines mm. of ministry, just like Paul is asking, or as you said it, Becky, demanding, hey, pray for me. Mm. <laughs> We're out here doing ministry. Pray for these needs. That's just one way I'm thinking after reading this chapter. It's good. That's really good. How yeah. we can like mm -hmm. practically be part of this big community mm. that the Holy Spirit is still just as involved in today and bringing his kingdom about in this world we live in. I feel like in the world we live in today, the crazy people are always like, Jesus, come, Lord, come quickly, come now. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those things where 
We just want him to come. And what's interesting here is in 20, he says his ambition is to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. And I just read that and thought, huh, we're wanting him to come back so quickly. He's only going to come back once everyone that he wants to hear has heard. So if we want to speed him coming up and coming back, then we should be talking about him to people who don't know. Because once everybody's had the chance to hear, that's probably about when he's going to come back. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that like, okay, if if you don't, or even you could even just look at it as if you don't like the way the world is, like people need Jesus. Yes, they do. <laughs> so so how can more Jesus get out into the world? Mm. Yeah, all, more knowing about him. That's mm-hmm. that's a, a good observation, mm-hmm. absolutely, about being part of the ministry work. Maybe it's being part of who your church sends out, like just supporting those people who are being sent. Yep. Or maybe yep. it's being willing to be sent Mm-hmm. In your own way, maybe it's not to other parts of the world like both you have been, Becky and Robbie. Maybe it's being sent to another place. Your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. There it is, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there. They need Jesus. We all need Jesus just as much as anybody else. I love that, being part of what God's doing still today. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.